Hope your day is well. This is Doc and Strange Talk with Doc. I am your host. This is a podcast that's going to deal with a lot of different subject matters. Some of them dead serious. Some of them are lighthearted. We're going to talk a little sports. We're going to talk a little politics. I'm not here to kick the knowledge to you. I'm just giving you my opinion on some subject matters that are going on in culture, society, and news. I would love for you to listen and call in live to the show. The information can be found on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account. Just put in Strange Talk with Doc on your favorite search engine and you will find me. So let's get to this, okay? It's Saturday. UFC is going to be having a card on ESPN+. Plus. Yarell Rodriguez is fighting Little Heathen Jeremy Stevens. That should be an action-packed bout. I look forward to it. There are four female bouts on the card. You got Sarah, Sahara Eubanks, I'm sorry, is fighting Beth Correa. You got Angela Hill on the card. You got Carla Cookie Monster Esparza on the card. The women don't bullshit about. So it's not a, a card that has a lot of big-name males. But you, with four female fights, it is guaranteed to almost be action-packed. The women don't fill out like the guys do. They usually get to business straight ahead. So it's no game plan, and that's exactly how I like the fights. Big names don't always mean best card. Sometimes names that you really don't know, those are the guys that are hungry, so they go at it. And I expect this to be a good card. Like I said, it's on ESPN Plus tonight. I am watching what I consider to be a very horrible season of a TV show called Power. You might be familiar. This is 50 Cent's project. It was pretty good for most of the first five years. But season six is a tedious task to get through. The storylines make no sense. Nothing about it makes any sense. It is horrible. I am coming to the conclusion that when shows are in their final season, Maybe they all should have ended the season before. This is true of uh, Game of Thrones. This is true of shows like Seinfeld. This is true of game, uh, shows like King of uh, King of uh, Queens. Over and over again, seasons, last seasons, I also believe that Criminal Minds should have probably already ended. It seems like their best work is done, and then they just milk it for this last year for ratings, money, and uh syndication so power is like i said terribly horrible and if you've never seen power i in my right mind cannot tell you to start watching the show because then you would hate me for what's going on in season six the last episode was really ridiculous i was sitting there going what the fuck are you doing doc why are you doing this to yourself this is a complete soap opera it makes no sense so women might like it a little bit more than men if you like soap operas but I don't appreciate soap operas. I don't enjoy soap operas, and nor do I normally watch soap operas. I also finished Top Boy on Netflix. I talked about this a little bit last week. They re gave rebirth due to Drake's idea. I think he brought the series. They redid it. Season three was outstanding. I liked it. I liked the stories. It's always interested in seeing how other cultures live. And the British culture, gangster culture, is totally different than the way things would go on here in America. 
But that's not to say that it was not enjoyable. That's not to say that it wasn't educational in some ways. I really did enjoy the the story between the top guys, the outsiders, the underlings. There was a lot of moving parts to this. It's not like I said, typical American where everything is automatically just straight to the gun and that's the way it goes. But this is England, so guns are not easy accessible as they are here. Guns here are a dime a dozen. Maybe you get 13 for a dozen here. You know what I mean? And I just started and I just finished up episode two of Wu-Tang, an American saga. So far, so good. Backstories to one of the most iconic rap groups of all time. We all know the members of the Wu-Tang Clan, but we don't know how they became the Wu-Tang Clan. I think a lot of us had our own ideas, but to literally see that some of these guys were warring enemies with gunfire and gunplay taking place between guys who would wind up becoming world-famous icons, tour the nation together for 25 years, had no idea this type of thing was going on. Even though I was out and about around that time, I didn't know what was going on with the politics of Staten Island, New York. So this is brand new to me, and I enjoyed it. And I think that anybody who's a fan of Wu-Tang or just likes a good crime, because there's a lot of crime going on here, they like a crime doc uh, miniseries, this is should be right up your alley. So we have this dumbass ex-football player. I believe he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His name is Edwin Kaufman. He was arrested. He wrecks two of his own businesses, and he fakes a he stages a fake hate crime. He actually spray paints "monkey," "nigger," and "maga" on his own restaurant walls. I don't know if he did this to collect insurance. Uh, his businesses wasn't doing well, but you cannot be the boy who cried wolf. You know what? There's enough shit going on in this country with MAGA, the N-word, and the use of blackface and monkey that you don't have to perpetuate bullshit. If it did not affect you and you were not involved, then don't play the victim. Never play the fucking victim if you are not a victim. If nobody's victimized you, do not point a finger at somebody to pretend that you have been. There are enough real victims, and this makes their stories come off thick. Now we have to do five times the normal due diligence anytime something like this really happens because you have these false accusations, uh, a.k.a. Jesse Smollett. Now this guy, tarnished his name, he's tarnished his reputation, his businesses. He has now become a clown, I'm sure, in that community in which these businesses are. And he also has legal problems. So I'm not understanding this guy. Joe Biden. Joe Biden repeatedly with these senior fucking moments. He tells a story this week. I mean, it is actually incredible what's going on in Joe Biden's mind. I am not a fan of who he has become. I really hate the fact that he is the leading candidate for the Democratic Party. Trump must be rolling, doing belly rolls, saying, I'm an imbecile, but this fucking guy is a lunatic. So let's get to this dumbass story. Joe Biden tells a story about how he confronted an armed 
gang member, black gang member named Corn Pop at a swimming pool back in the days. First of all, he called Corn Pop Esther Williams because he had a cap on his uh, conch. So not only is Corn Pop some razor blade carrying black gangster, but he has a conch. Joe Biden's like fucking Tarzan. He's confronting three armed with razor black men, and he's the only white man in the vicinity. You know, white guys love that fucking Tarzan complex. They really fucking love that Tarzan. You know, I can take on 50 of y'all because I'm better than y'all. And Joe Biden has just made moments after moments after moments of himself sounding foolish, sounding very old, sounding almost on the verge of senility. So we have Saudi Arabia. Trump tells them back in August 31st of 2014 that they should fight their own wars. And if they're not willing to fight their own wars, they should pay us a fortune to protect them. This week, he says he's locked, loaded, and ready to protect them. When did we become Saudi Arabia's bitch? When did we become the military for Saudi Arabia? And now he backed off of that just to go right back to the idea that he wants to actually send troops over to the Middle East to protect Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, as far as I know, had a lot of people that was involved with the 9-11 tax in America. When did they become our best fucking friends? Seriously. You know, when did Saudi Arabia become our friends? Especially somebody that we should protect. Can't they come up with their own military to protect themselves? I thought we was Israel's buddies, but I guess we're Israel, we're Saudi Arabia, whoever is lining Trump's pocket is our friend. You know? They're a kingdom. We are not subjects to a kingdom of Saudi Arabia or to any sheik in the world. We have a democratic democracy here. We elect a president. This is a country that has human rights violations through the yin-yang. We should not even be in bed with these people, to tell you the truth. We should not be in bed with them at all. And he said he's literally waiting for the kingdom. Can you believe this? This is not, I'm paraphrasing. He's waiting for the kingdom on what and how we should proceed. We are now being told how to proceed as the United States government, our Congress and Senate are not making a big enough fuss about this situation, saying, who the fuck is anybody to tell us how to proceed? We proceed as we proceed. No one tells us how to proceed. We take the responsibility and the fault of anything that we do for the embedment of the people of the United States of America. Not the people of Saudi Arabia. We got to stop playing cop to the world. That's our downfall. And that's why a lot of countries hate us because we always either the bully or we the cop or the protector. And a lot of times it really has nothing to do with us. But I know that that's at a pay level that's way above my grade. And there's things that are going on in the dark. But Trump is so weird that he puts things that's in the dark. He brings them to light. Things that we wouldn't normally know about. Under this administration, we know about them. We know about leaks. We know about CIA stuff. We know about the things that 
Giuliani is doing, investigating Biden's son. I mean, in one part of an interview, Rudy Giuliani could say, I didn't do it. Then he goes, I absolutely did it. I mean, I, we're in trouble here, people. And if you don't wake up and realize that there is a great deal of trouble going on in this world, that's why you got to be right in your heart. You got to be right in your mind. You got to be right in your actions. You can't let somebody influence you to be fucked up because things around you are fucked up. You keep your shit straight. You keep your family on course. When you die and you got to give an account of your life, let it be a good account. Don't let it be because somebody told you what to do. Let it be something that was deeply in your heart and your mind. And if you are right or wrong because of what you truly believe, then that's fine by me. But not because of what somebody else tells you that you should believe. Uh, House Representative Paul Cook became the 18th Republican to retire from U.S. Congress since Trump took office. So the same party that he represents, they act like they're fully behind him, but how many? often have 18 congressmen in the history of the United States of America actually resigned their polls. This is insane. That's why we have all these sub-elections. North Carolina just had a sub-election uh, a week ago. It's, it's beyond weird. These are people who get these jobs and they keep them, it seems like, for life. Way too long, in my estimation. Some of them be in office for 20, 30 years, which I think we should have term limits on congressmen and senators also. So New York became the first state to ban vaping in totality. Smoking is bad enough, people. We all know that. But vaping, who the fuck needs to take in amount of smoke like a dragon? I mean, what are you doing to your inners with that amount of smoke at one time? I don't even understand the concept. I have never tried vaping. It's not something I'm interested in. I wouldn't want to smoke some fucking blueberry cigarette to begin with. Uh, we know that this shit is aimed and geared towards children who are damaging themselves. I mean, it seems like every other day we hear about another young person who's dying way before them t- their time. Vaping is the kind, the amount of smoke that you would get if you went inside a fire, a building on fire. That is not good for the eyes, the lung, the skin, nothing. And so I applaud you, New York City. You don't do a lot of things right, de Blasio, other than backing down from running for president. But to ban vaping, good. But you did. You have to realize you did create a black market. And you must prepare your law enforcement for this black market that will arise because people are not just overnight going to want to give up vaping because you said so. People will be transporting vapes. They will be transporting that liquid. I mean, think about it. Some of these fucking things come with batteries. You actually USB charge them. What kind of shit is that that you smoke that you charge on a USB cable? That doesn't even make sense to me. So yesterday, Walmart also did not announce that they're going to be dropping all e-cigarettes and all related products. So Walmart, for you to be a business and to give up an opportunity to make money, I applaud you for doing the right thing. I know they do a lot of wrong bullshit too. Uh, they should be paying their employees a fair, honest wage for a fair, honest day's work. But that's a different story for a different day. But I do appreciate the fact that they banned these cigarettes and that they banned vaping products. 
So we got this fucking Tasachi 69. He testifies this week. And uh, this kid uh, is spilling his guts. If he decided to get into that world, he should have known what that world entailed. He should have known that loyalty means something. He should have also known that if you have to go down with the ship, it was your choice. You didn't have to get involved from day one. There are a lot of people in the hip-hop community who have no gang affiliations, I'm sure. I can't speak for all, but I would think that some do not have any affiliations. They let their talent lead the way. They didn't glom off of a street culture that already existed. So you get what you deserve. And there's no guarantee that even after all this testimony that he will get no jail time. But his life is basically shit. I'm sure he's going to go into witness protection. He ends up in South Dakota, North Dakota, some fucking place like that. We'll have some little bit of plastic surgery. You'll get a fucking haircut. He'll go through hours upon hours and weeks upon weeks of tattoo removal just so that he could try to live and be a fucking clerk in Walmart. The kid had a chance to have it all, and he blew it for street bullshit. I mean, he literally had a chance to have it all, travel the world, sleep with the nicest women, enjoy the best foods, jewelry, travel, meet people he could have networked with who would have made him even bigger. But he was blinded by the streets. The streets do two things. Streets eat you, and they'll feed you for a while, but they'll also put your ass in the ground. Snitching is a no-no. I don't trust many people because I would not trust almost anybody walking the planet. And I'm, I apologize to anybody who's listening who may know not who may know me personally, but I have a code that I live. I have never ratted on anybody. I learned very young, very, very young from my father. Once when I told on my own brother about something that went on in the house and he did not appreciate that shit. He did not appreciate that at all. He dressed me down. He told me what was what, and he told me that I should now go on for the rest of my life and never repeat this fucking kind of conduct again. And I have listened since then. Now, I'm going to tell you the difference between snitching and not snitching. You are a Joe citizen. You've been violated. You have the right to get the help that you need from the law enforcement. You pay for that. Now, if you are a street cat... And you decide to go into the criminal world. You are no longer a citizen. You are a soldier or a boss or general or a fucking capo or whatever. You take away your right to snitch on anybody. You do the time that is offered to you and you let those who are not implicated walk. Because people have probably let you walk during the course of your criminal activity. But that's the oath that you take. And if the oath that you take meant shit when you took it, then you were shit to begin with. But snitching, no. I don't validate it. I don't agree with it. I say a man has to be able to look in the mirror and see a man. If he looks in the mirror and he's a coward because he couldn't take the weight of what he chose, freely chose, to get involved with because I'm going to talk about something else. And and this is 
uh, we have this thing that's been going on. Uh, rappers have been doing this I'm So Brooklyn thing. And this kind of ties in with this. I'm So Brooklyn. But I want to hear somebody do a I'm So Brooklyn because I'm Brooklyn. Not because I was involved with this kind of criminal activity. I was involved with that kind of criminal activity that I'm connected to such and such who's a killer or this one. And I was there when they were banging out here. You know what? I'm 100% motherfucking Brooklyn. You can't take that away from me. And no, I ain't never been nobody's bitch. And no, I ain't never been no killer. But you just because I'm not a killer don't mean I ain't Brooklyn, buddy. It does not take anything away from me. I walk those same fucking streets with those gorillas. I walk through those same fucking minefields with everybody else. Have I come in contact and rubbed shoulders with some people who are some people? Yes. But if I didn't, because I didn't use their name to go to and fro. I'm Brooklyn because I'm Brooklyn, because that shit's in my blood, because I put time in there. Because I stood on those street corners and nobody fucking chumped me there. So I don't have, I I just can't wait for somebody to come out with one of these I'm so Brooklyn that doesn't only involve criminality. Brooklyn has doctors, it has lawyers, it has people who became judges, professional athletes. You name the gamut of things that a person can be from an engineer to a bum, Brooklyn has made them world famous made them world famous do i take a sense of pride when i was younger we went in a club and they said brooklyn's in the house when they wasn't screaming that shit for no other town or city known the man yeah sure i do because you earn it i'm from do or die and i took that shit to heart i did or i was willing to die I, nobody was going to victimize me but I was not looking to victimize anybody else. And that allowed me to walk the fine line that you need to walk sometimes because people will give you passes because they say, you know what? Jones ain't really involved with this here shit over here. So you know what? He ain't got to feel no way to this. There are some stand up people who come from Brooklyn who happen to be on that side of the line, who walk on that side of the fence, you know? But it also goes down to who you trust and where you get in. See, I was given advice by an older gentleman when I was a, a young teenager, and he told me, he said, hey, listen, Doc, you're a smart kid, man. This shit ain't for you, man. You ain't about all that getting locked up and having to cut motherfuckers and things like that. And I took it to heart, and I trusted in him enough to know that he was looking out for my best interests. And I'm indebted to this man for the rest of my life, there's no way that I could ever tell him because this guy was a real dude and he's been sitting up in a fucking penitentiary for 30 years on some bodies, but he saved, helped save my life because he told me what was what. He could look in my eye, he said, you was no punk, but you ain't about this life. So you got to know where you fit in, get in where you fit in. I was a wilder when I was here. I was a football player. So we was into wild shit, fun shit. We wasn't about taking what was in your pocket. I didn't give a fuck about what you was wearing. I didn't give a fuck about your jewelry, your ride, because that wasn't mine. That's, I had to be able to sleep with myself at night and not have the guilt or that kind of thing running through my brain that I was doing something that was going to jeopardize my freedom. Freedom is 
the most important, if you ever listen to this show, and this is Strange Talk with Doc. Like I said, I'm your host, Doc. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can call in. I would really love for you to call in, share, like, comment. I would appreciate to hear from you. But when you know where you fit in in life, you get in that position, you get comfortable with that position, and you don't have to pretend to be anything else. I ain't never pretended to be no hard rock. I ain't never pretended to be no thug. I ain't never sold nobody's mother, sister, brother, cousin, uncle, a piece of drugs. It did not interest me. That is not the world that I lived in. Those are not the people that I associated with on a daily basis. I knew them, but I knew them on the outskirts. And that was good enough for me. So, you know, to Saki 69, you know, all that fucking ratting, and you can't look in the mirror at yourself, man. You know, you can go fuck yourself, kid. I see, this is why you can't trust people. They have a fucking... Um, Ohio Middle School had a cooking competition. And two teenage boys decide that they want to put their semen inside the food that they're feeding to the teachers. These are two vile young men now have to spend 30 days in juvenile detention center. Now, juvies are not easy. So we don't know if they're going to get pumpkin-headed while they're in there. I mean, they like to jerk off, put it in fucking plastic bags and bring it to school. That doesn't even make sense to me. I'm sure the parents are ashamed. I mean, in that town, this is probably pretty big news, but since they're juveniles, they can't show their face. But the people that they'll be locked up with will know who they are. I mean, and you know what, why do you have to put these other people who you might not like just because they're trying to teach you something in harm's way where they have to now get HIV tested over and over and over again and worry about the results because they don't know what kind of lifestyle you live in. If you're willing to do this kind of thing, you might be into all kinds of other things, you know? Fucking R. Kelly appeared in court this week. R. Kelly looked like he's aged about 35 years in this last couple of months that he's been locked up. This thing seems like it's going to take forever to play out. I have no empathy or sympathy for R. Kelly. What he did was an abomination. It's deplorable. Uh, Young girls should have been off limits when he could have had sex with all kinds of women on the planet. But he had a predilection for young girls. And it's coming back to bite him in the ass. And one thing about those fucking cuffs, man, when they put those cuffs on you, you're not free to move around the cabin until they take those cuffs off. And I don't actually expect to see him walk and beat. There's just too many cases in too many places. And so I think R. Kelly is probably giving us his last song. But you know what? It's what you sign up for. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time, as the old TV show Beretta said way back in the day. And people need to take that to heart. It's not just a shitty song from a TV show. It's real, real, real life. So we got this company called B-Story. They're making these sweatshirts with fake bullet holes in them. And on the front of the shirts, one says Columbine, another says Sandy Hook, and the third one says Stone man douglas does anybody at that company realize what is it profit a man to gain the world but lose your soul this is blood money every time you sell one of those sweatshirts which i hope this line is pulled 
by whoever is their bigger distributor, because I'm hoping that they're subsidiary of somebody and that there's a real boss who didn't know what the fuck is going on. But this would be blood money. And for them to not even have the decency to say that for every every sweatshirt we sell, 100% of the proceeds are going to the families or the victims of these shootings because there's still mental health issues that have to be addressed. Some of these kids' lives have been stymied totally. They will not be what they were supposed to be because they are so traumatized. They have PS, PTSD from these days. And so lives have been changed, and you should never want to profit off of somebody else's blood. So B-Story, I will never buy a product from you. That's a guarantee. I don't give a fuck what you do, what you, what you make. It could be the hottest item that's ever been created. I want nothing to do with it because I will remember these sweat, these hoodies. So NXT uh, debuted this week on the USA Network. It was a fairly good show. Uh, they seemed to have some rapid wrestling fans. Uh, it was nice to see different faces that we'd never seen. But I did have a slight problem being a black man in America. The first three bouts ha- featured a black guy versus white people, and each one the black guy lost, especially this Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream holds this North American title for NXT for, I guess, like a year and a half. But since they're tucked on the WWE Network, he gets to keep it. The day he debuts on national television, it was a great match. There's no doubt about it. But the day that he debuts on national TV, they decide this is the day that he should lose the title. Instead of letting him at least be the champ for a week or two and and say that this challenger was worthy to defeat him, for a lot of us, we had never seen these people. So this was our introduction. Our introduction was that this flamboyant black character is not good enough to be the champion on national TV. Everything has a message. You just have to look and listen. Because even a fool, if you listen to them carefully enough, they might leave you with a pearl. But you might have to just listen in between their silence and the words that they speak. I feel bad for these students at uh, Apollo High School in St. Cloud, Minnesota. These fucking poor kids, man. They feed them a handful of baby carrots, a hot dog bun with melted cheese, and a cup of marinara sauce. America, do we love our children anymore? Do we love our children? You want them to go basically to work. School is a work day. And you're going to feed American kids a hot dog bun with melted cheese, baby carrots, and give them a cup of marinara sauce to dip this in. No meat, no vegetable. Well, I guess you can call carrot a vegetable. Nothing nutritious on this plate. Now, you want this little boy and this little girl to go through a day, concentrate, be the best that they can be. Write their notes. Be quiet. And this is what we do to them. If I was a rich man, I would make sure to make it my business 
that I would adopt few schools and make sure that kids got a healthy meal every day. I wouldn't care what it cost me. If it cost me a hundred grand a year, I would do it because I think it's important. Some of these kids are not eating at home. They actually look forward to school lunch and school breakfast because this is what their nourishment for the day is going to be. Because when they get home, it might even be a worse dinner than a, a hot dog bun with melted cheese. But damn, man, we're supposed to be a first world nation. We we have abundance. And this is what we do to our children. I cannot believe it. I don't understand it. It's makes me upset, and it also makes me very sad. So New England Patriots told Antonio Brown he could take his shit and walk. Now, I got a lot to say about Antonio. I'm going to try to say this shit as fast as humanly possible. Antonio Brown is definitely either suffering from something or he's a fucking idiot. All he had to do was keep his mouth shut and let this thing play out as it plays. But he has to be vindictive. He has to be on social media. He has to sling arrows at people that don't deserve to have arrows swung at them. Those children are innocents. I don't give a fuck what happened between him and that painter lady. To put the children in it. And not I don't care about what his apology may be. I think Antonio Brown, helmet, feet, Oakland Raiders, New England Patriots, allegations of rape. Uh, allegations of another sexual assault on a woman by just coming out with your dick out, basically, with a little hand towel, farting in doctors' faces, uh, playing tapes of private conversations that Mike Tomlin's having in NFL locker room with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that he has really shitted a career, shitted a Hall of Fame career. He's definitely blown tons of money when Nike tells you to step off and he has no job and I don't see what team in the league could literally right now say that we can sign Antonio Brown and get that past their fan base I do not see it happening it won't happen this year it may not even happen next year Antonio Brown would have to do a three no a 720 I'm talking about he would have to come out looking like fucking Urkel Mixed in with Carlton from uh, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, he couldn't have one little lock in his hair. He would have to be clean, cut. I mean, because this is such a waste. It's a waste for us football fans that this dude who's a supreme talent and a joy to watch on that field is so screwed up off that field. This man has five children he has to take care of. Okay, he's invested in the pension program, but nobody wants to blow thirty to sixty million. And I don't even know what his football contract, um, football cleats deal with Nike was worth. But he could never really do any advertisements again. Who would touch him? He's a pariah right now. I just hope Antonio Brown gets his life, his life, not football right now, his life together. He steps away from being vindictive. See, the shit is cute when 50 Cent does it because he's an independent contractor. Who the fuck is he working for? He's not working for an NFL team. He he doesn't have a shield to protect. His shield that he protects by being an ass clown is himself. 50 represents 50, you know, and 50 is making his power money so he could spend the rest of the day throwing stones at people on Instagram or Twitter, wherever the fuck he does that. He can 
he can be remain petty there. But when you represent a corporation, a billion-dollar corporation, you can't have the opportunity to do that. You don't own anything. There's nothing in your name, Antonio Brown, but the shit that you, you are your name. You are your brand. You've tarnished your own brand. Ben Rothenberger, he's out for the season. Freaky injury. Nobody touched him. His arm just went as he was throwing the ball. I don't know if that's just old age setting in, uh, karma for the shit that he did early in his career, but he's gone for the season. Drew Brees is going to probably be out three to six weeks with that dumb injury that he hit up against Aaron Donald's hand. But I think Teddy Bridgewater will be a decent replacement. He should be able to hold the Saints together. It won't be spectacular. It won't be that beautiful Saints offense that Brees runs, but I think he will be able to hold it together. Eli Manning has finally been benched. I guess Giant fans are up in arm about this. I could give less than a rat's ass one way or another, but I believe that if you believe in Daniel Jones, this is the time, and we will see what Daniel Jones looks like tomorrow. By the time I speak to you again on Strange Talk with Doc next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we would have known what Daniel Jones looked like in his first professional game. But I don't see another team picking up Eli Manning because I think Eli Manning has been toast for about two years. When you come close to Eli, he falls to the ground like in a fetal position. I don't think he wants contact. He wants a paycheck. He wants a Hall of Fame ring, and he wants to retire when he wanted to retire. He brought that team down for quite a while, and a lot of that falls on his shoulder. Bad decisions for a guy 16 years in the league to be making some of the decisions that he makes. It makes no sense. Trevor Simeon, he replaces uh, Sam Donaldson for the Jets, and then he gets injured. The Jets are in, uh, I don't know, the Jets and the Dolphins are going to be running a race this year for who is the worst of the worst. Now, I'm going to go to my picks, and then I'm going to get out of here, people, okay? Tennessee played Jacksonville. Jacksonville won this game. That Mishu kid, he looks legitimate. But this is only three weeks in. Now, when teams start making up defenses to actually stop his strong points, we'll see who he is by week six, week seven, when they really now have film to look at and say, okay, this is who you are. But Jacksonville and Tennessee on Thursday night was a really lousy game. Uh, Neither one of them have a, a great offense that you could point at. Both backs are underwhelming to me. Fournette is not what he should be. Henry is sometimes he. So I really don't know. We got Cincinnati. They're going up to Buffalo. Buffalo so far has been one of the surprises in the league. So I'm going to take Buffalo to actually hold home court in this one. Cincinnati is showing me really nothing. Miami is going into Dallas. And if Dallas lays an egg on this one, man, I'm going to run my head through a brick wall. But I don't expect that. You don't expect that. Anybody that's got any common sense is not expecting that, Uh, especially since they actually took Fitzpatrick out and they're putting Rosen in. Dallas Cowboys should win this game by at least 35 points. 
Denver is going into Green Bay. Green Bay is going to remain undefeated. They are going to beat Denver. Denver has no offense whatsoever to speak of. Aaron Rodgers should be able to do his due on them. The Falcons are going into Indianapolis. The Falcons are not a very good team right now, people. With all that offense they got, they're just not very good. Indianapolis should be able to hold home court advantage on this one. And Bichette could go to T.Y. T. Hilton. I like I like Indianapolis team. I think they had a good team. And if Luck was there, I think they would even be better. The Ravens are playing the Chiefs in Kansas City. Mahomes is playing Jackson. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, the two hottest young quarterbacks in the league. Let's see what this is. Kansas City doesn't really have a defense, so the Ravens should be still able to do what they do. But Patrick Mahomes is playing a video game out there, guys. He's playing a video game. So I expect a high-scoring game, especially for the Ravens, high-scoring if they score like 32 points. But there's nothing that should stop KC from scoring 44 points. So I got KC winning this. The Raiders are going to Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota is going to continue to be the seesaw because two weeks ago, Minnesota looked outlandishly good against Atlanta. Last week, they came back down to earth. But I got Minnesota winning this game. I think they're a good team. The Jets going to new go up to New England to get themselves embarrassed. And I'm going to leave it at that. The Lions are going into Philadelphia. Philly's just a better team than the Lions. So I got the Eagles winning this game. Carolina is playing Arizona. Murray so far, Kyler Murray has been all right. I mean, he has proven to be a professional quarterback. Cam Newton will not be playing for the Carolina Panthers. And Arizona might be able to eke out a win here. I don't like anything about Carolina's offense, so I'm going to actually pick the Cardinals to win this game. The Giants are playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Buccaneers do not win this game at home with Jameis, especially if it's due to anything that Jameis does, like throwing a late-game interception, because I think for some strange reason this is going to be a tight game because they got Barkley coming at you, and I think they're going to rely heavily on Barkley, the Giants. But Tampa has to win this game. I think Jameis is playing for his career all season long, so I'm taking the Bucks. The Texans are going to play the Chargers. This should be a pretty good game. I mean, the AFC rivals. But I think that the Chargers will win this game. Steelers are playing the 49ers. 49ers are not horrible. They're mid-level, mid-card type team. But Pittsburgh is lousy. And they'll be running uh, basically a rookie out there. So I'm going to go with San Francisco. We got the Saints at Seattle. Saints lose in Seattle. Russell Wilson is home. The defense is not bad. Saints are still trying to adjust to Teddy Bridgewater. So I got Seattle Seahawks winning this. The late night game is going to be the Rams at the Browns. The Browns every week are going to have to prove to America and all football fans across the nation who they are. Not who we say they are, but who they are. So I'm waiting to see if Baker Mayfield finally has that decent game. But I got the Rams actually going into Cleveland and winning this game. 
Uh, the Rams have not been demolishing people, but they've got so much talent in so many different spots on offense and defense that they can grind out victories. And this is one of those ones that I think they'll grind out. Monday night game, we got the Bears going into Washington to play that team. I hate saying that name, so I call them that team. The Bears are better than that team in Washington, so I'm picking the Chicago Bears to steal a victory in Washington, D.C. Well, this is your host, Doc, and it's been my pleasure rapping with you here today. I appreciate you. I hope you come back. I hope you tell your friends about me. If you need me or want me to be a guest on your show, shoot an email or hit me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and let me know your information. I'll check out your show. Thank you for checking out my show. I could talk about almost anything. I don't always have to cuss, but this is my house, so I do as I please here. Uh, like I said, every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you are free to call in and chop it up. We don't have to debate. We could just talk. I am not an argumentative person. If you got something that makes sense, maybe I learned something from you, and maybe you teach or I teach you something too. Maybe my point of view is different than yours, but doesn't make it right, nor does it make it wrong. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you, each and every time before I sign off, peace to you and peace to yours.